0: Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of the Life Survey and Productive Happiness Project Podcast. I'm really grateful that you've taken the time to join me today. I'm Garrett, the founder of the Life Surprise and Productive Happiness Project and host of this podcast. Today I want to talk about another study uh, that I, I came across. And so this one's from the University of Pennsylvania. And this is another write-up from um, that I found on phys.org. Again, that's phys.org. Um, which is a science website uh, based out of the UK that I really appreciate. Uh, that I recently discovered has a whole lot of not just interesting science stuff, but also worthy stuff about preparedness. So love to do more now. But this um, this study, this right up here, um, is focused more specifically originally on uh, businesses, um, and businesses are totally legit. Um, businesses need to be prepared just like individuals and families, too. As a side note, I do offer preparedness consulting for businesses. Um, that, that's for small businesses and those who are in the human services field. So um, businesses that uh, support people with disabilities or um, elderly individuals or that kind of thing, uh, as well as small businesses. So, Just a little plug there for uh, my consulting services. But like I said, this is originally written more from a perspective of um, looking at uh, business preparedness. But as with many things in life, the principles and the the things it talks about are applicable to individuals and families. So I felt this was worthwhile to talk about, and I hope that you feel the same way. Um, Anything that I bring to you, I really have the goal of it being worthwhile for you, because I know that when you spend the time to uh, listen to this podcast, whether you're listening to it on a regular podcast or whether you're watching it on YouTube, it's appropriate to say you're spending uh, time doing it because time is a resource and uh, it's valuable. And so I appreciate when you take the time to join me. Um, And I want to make sure that that is is valuable to you. So um, what this article talks about is the problem that people have um, where they know that preparedness is important. They know disasters or emergencies are a legitimate thing. Um, that they are realistic in uh, the likelihood of them happening, and yet they don't prepare. And so Wharton Marketing Professor Emeritus George Day and Global Marketing Consultant Roger Dennis called this the paradox of preparedness. So again, the paradox of preparedness is simply that we know things are likely going to happen Um, We know it's important to prepare, but because we don't know exactly when those things are going to happen, we tend to procrastinate getting ready for them. We tend to um, not take preparedness as seriously or do um, what we could um, in a timely manner or as um, efficiently or urgently um, as we we could. um, If we have a specific deadline, a specific date um, that we were you know, needing to be prepared by. Um, that's why, in our own preparedness efforts, goal setting is super important. We need to set a goal, um, and that goal can be flexible because life happens. Um, we need to adjust sometimes goals, even based on just new information that we have. Um, but setting a goal will help you be prepared. Um, and that's one of the things that we do in the Life, Living, Pursuit, Happiness Preparedness Coaching Program, um, which will be debuting soon. We're gonna set goals. Um, I'm gonna help you um, go from not really prepared or not prepared at all, um, to being prepared at a, a legitimate level. The paradox of preparedness happens um, largely because there, there is no deadline. There's no alarm um, as far as um, you know, here's when this is happening. Um, the alarm is this is going to happen, um, but because that's kind of vague, um, people don't take it as seriously. People procrastinate. Um, people are cautious, overly cautious. They um, they don't feel as compelled to to get ready in, a, in an urgent manner. Um, and urgent doesn't mean rushed or um, panicked or anything like that. But urgent means you're taking it seriously um, and making it a priority. Um, so um, historically, they went back to um, New Zealand, and um, I mean, historically, we're talking like the last 10 years. Um, so a couple of companies in New Zealand um, looked at recent history um, to, to when they were starting to look at this, um, and they looked at the SARS epidemic um, and Ebola epidemic. So um, Ebola, if you don't know, is a, a really nasty disease. Um, that is mostly in Africa. Um, it has spread outside of Africa a little bit a couple of times, um, but primarily in, in certain regions in Africa. Um, but it's a really horrible disease. Um, basically where you, uh, one of the big things is just horrific bleeding. Um, bleeding from your eyes and ears and mouth. And just, it's, it's a hemorrhaging um, disease. Um, and so it's just, It's gross and it has a really high fatality rate. Um, And it's also, uh, unfortunately, rather easily transmissible. Um, The other um, SARS, um, for those of you who are younger, uh, may not remember SARS. Um, SARS is, I can't remember what the S and the A stand for in SARS um, off the top of my head, but it's a respiratory syndrome. Um, it's, uh, similar to, um, in some ways to, to the cold, um, it's in that same family of, of diseases. Um, it's a, a coronavirus. Um, so it was kind of like the, the coronavirus before the COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, and that was, gosh, early 2000s. Both of those were things that caused a lot of, of concern. Um, Ebola still does. Um, there's breakouts every so often. Um, and so these companies looked at the outbreaks that happened and, and kind of said, you know what, I don't know how prepared as a country we are here in New Zealand. Um, and so they commissioned a study. Um, and, and credit to um, those individual companies for doing that. I, I don't remember, I don't think their, their actual name names of the companies were in. Uh, the article, but if you are of those companies, um, I I totally give you credit. Um, I appreciate and applaud um, individuals and private businesses taking the initiative to um, fund studies and uh, spread the word and that sort of thing to to further um, worthy causes, such as the cost of preparedness. so during this, this project, um, they um, they interviewed a lot of senior um, government officials, supply chain experts, that's one of the, because there were businesses, um, that was one of the things they focused on was the supply chain, um, and they found that they really were not prepared as a country um, for supply chain issues, and um, that was borne out when we had the, the COVID nineteen crisis because unfortunately people did not take the um, take it seriously. New Zealand had not experienced a pandemic, uh, not recently at least, and Ebola being in Africa you will know, make it seem so far away, and so it was difficult for people to take those things seriously. Um, they referred to um, the pandemic as a gray swan event, which Uh, Is a term I don't think I've heard before, but I find it interesting. Um, So, black swan events, if you've heard of those, uh, those are the more common. That's the more common term. Um, Black swan events are entirely unpredictable, but catastrophic things that happen. Gray swan events, um, they're defined as uh, things that are well known, things that are likely or possible, um, but still extremely damaging. And so, uh, because they're the threat or, or risk is known, um, and they're legitimately possible. There um, are things that we can prepare for, um, but unfortunately, people often don't um, because there's a because people don't know when this going to happen, um, and you, you know mostly you're looking at statistics, um, and generally statistics are going to say you know it's got a probability of you know X happening in the next so many years. Um, People look at that and go, oh, yeah, well, no big deal. Um, even a Cascadia earthquake that I've talked about before. Um, you know, we're totally in that range where one could happen, but looking at the next 50 years, it's like a, I don't remember, seven to twelve percent chance, something like that, of it happening. Um, don't quote me on those numbers, but it's it's around a 10% chance of it happening within the next 50 years. And so people hear that and they're like, oh, you know, no big deal. You know, only a 10% chance. Sometime in the next 50 years, I'll be dead by then. You know, no big deal. I don't have to worry about it. Um, and, and that's really what, what happens. That, that's the paradox of preparedness right there. Um, when it comes to preparedness, it's something that we have to um, persuade people to do. Um, and part of that's through education. Um, that's part of why I do this um, podcast for you um but they identified um in this study um they identified four well they first identified two problems and then they identified four things that we can do uh to overcome those problems and so um the first problems um are the difficulties of of getting and keeping attention Um, everybody has only so much capacity to give attention um so much attention to go around and it's easy to get oversaturated with um, information as well. Um, and people tend to focus on what's immediately important and, and, uh, to them. Um, so they fo- tend to focus on what affects them directly and what is going to happen in the immediate future. And so um, people tend to believe even if something happens even if there is a disaster, it's not going to affect me, probably, maybe. Um, and it's not necessarily going to be you know, in the next few years. You know, It's down the road somewhere. And so people tend not to give as much attention to um, preparedness because of that. So one of the solutions um, is to, or principles, is that attention has to be earned. So um, the first is that attention is a scarce resource, which is kind of what I just talked about. Um, there's only so much attention that we have and the other is that attention has to be earned so you know as, as parents people often you know have to tell the kids or even teachers or you know um, kids have to remind reminded, hey pay attention to me pay attention to this you need to listen um, it happens as adults too but um, more so with, with kids but if you have a, a good knowledge of something Um, Then you have more authority. And so it's easier for people to take you seriously and listen to you. There's four things that you can do to help earn and encourage people to give attention to an issue. And so, um, again, adapting these slightly for personal level instead of business. um, But principles are the same. So that's what I love about principles. They're the same in every situation. Um, even though every situation is different. So the first principle is to start by learning from experience. Things that happened in the past aren't necessarily going to happen in the exact same way, but we've all heard that history repeats itself, and that's legit. Um, And so they shared the anecdote of um, Toyota after the uh, Fukushima earthquake in 2011. Um, When that happened, the earthquake and tsunami a um, really disrupted the supply chain in Japan and so um, Toyota had a lot of problems with meeting um, their obligations um, for manufacturing and output of, of vehicles and, and other things and so they learned from that to protect their supply chain. Um, I won't go into all the steps they did to take to, uh, to do that because um, that's not as relevant um, but they learned to protect their supply chain and so, when the COVID-19 pandemic happened or started because um, it's technically still happening comparatively Ford and GM were operating at only about 62% of their production capacity in the first half of 2021 um, so not great that's a lot of missed opportunity for uh, manufacturing output and sales of vehicles so that's people who missed out on new cars and that's missed income for the business. Um, But because Toyota had learned to protect their supply chain, um, they were able to operate at 92% capacity, which is a huge difference. Um, So because they saw what happened in the past, they proactively made changes and that had a huge benefit for them when the next disaster happened. The second, Principle is to stay alert to anomalies. So um, anomalies, you know, aren't like super, super clearly indicative. Anomaly is something that's just out of the ordinary, something that's odd or off. Um, and so it, it's it's a blip or a glitch, you know, if you want to use a more technical term. Um, it doesn't necessarily indicate like X is going to happen on Y date. Um, but it can give you an idea of, hey, something's going on here that I need to look at. Um, if we pay attention to those anomalies, we have an idea of, okay, we need to pay attention here. Look at what the anomaly is, what's going on. You can look at things. The, the example they showed was uh, Intuit, uh, the company that makes TurboTax. They had put out um, a money management service called Mint. Um, and then those people weren't using it like they had originally intended um, at Intuit, and so um, what they realized by looking at what was going on, they're like, okay, this is different. This is an anomaly. Um, you know, we're, we're not quite sure what's going on here. So they looked at it looks more closely and realized most people were using uh, their Mint product um, to manage their their business income for. Solopreneurs and people who, you know, are, are self-employed, who are um, part of the gig gig economy, that sort of thing, um, and so they realized, okay, this is telling us that there's a need in this area, and so they were able to um, put out a variant of QuickBooks that is um, geared towards those people. Um, and so that became the fastest growing product after they did that. Um, so again, they, they looked at the signals, they would solve the anomalies. Um, they kind of figured out what was going on to best their ability. And they were able to act on that. The third principle is engagement. So um, engagement is super important. The third principle is engagement. So. Um, you know, there's different ways to engage people um, to engage in in different activities things like that um, but getting an, an organization whether it's a business or a family or a, a group of friends or whatever that organization may be um getting implementing a major change takes time effort um, and people need to know why the change is being made um, and to accept responsibility and say hey i need to have to play a role in this. I need to be responsible for this. Role playing or simulations can can help with that. And I'll talk more about those in a minute. But the, the end question that, that should bring up for people, um, or they pose to people rather, um, is what does this mean for you? So people should be asking themselves, what does this mean for me? Um, and then they can answer that and say, okay, um, what this means for me is, blah, 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 blah. I need to make these changes, X, Y, and Z, to adapt to that, um, to make this change happen. Sometimes thinking things through can be difficult. Um, you know, applying things and saying, okay, what does this mean for me? How, how can I make this happen? What do I need to do in response? Um, sometimes that's easy to figure out, sometimes not. And part of that's a mindset thing, but part of it is is just a, a, a thought process thing. And so, um, again, going to share with you Magic Mind. Uh, Magic Mind is awesome. Magic Mind um, has a bunch of really great things in it. So, the ones I wanted to mention today are Lion's Mane and Cordyceps mushrooms. Um, and those are nootropics that help boost your clarity of thought and your focus. So, if you've got a problem you're trying to solve um, or you're trying to um, adapt and figure out how something applies to you, um, that increased clarity and focus is going to be beneficial to you. Um, I know that it's, it's definitely been um, a benefit for me as I've used it. Um, I've definitely seen a clarity, an increased clarity in thought process, um, as well as um, having more uh, mental alertness, ability to pay attention, um less stress it does so many great things for you so i really recommend um magic mind um, if you're interested in trying it you can go to magicmind.co that's magicmind.co slash and then their code lphp 20 at checkout and that code will get you 20% off your first purchase so um pretty cool there uh, 20% off is always a great thing so like I mentioned earlier, I try to bring value to you. And so one of the ways I can do that is by offering you this discount code. So um, love to do that, love to help you out, bring things of value to you, whether it's information or um, coupon codes or whatever. So um, again, that's magicmindco slash LLPHP, then enter code LLPHP20 during checkout for 20% off your first purchase the fourth principle that they shared um, is to learn from the future and so um, this is where like role playing comes in simulations things like that part of why i share some of these articles with you um, is to know because there are people scientists out there um, as well as other professionals who are looking at different issues and saying hey this could happen this is what's initially going to happen These are the um, consequences. This is the ripple effect. Uh, So the more we understand that, the better prepared we can be. When we get involved personally um, with scenarios or um, role playing, when we do, um, for example, drills like a fire drill, um, or we do a tabletop scenario with our family. Um, If you're not familiar with tabletop scenarios, what those are is essentially Um, You sit down and um, whoever's leading um, presents a scenario, you know, for example, we'll say um, it's 2.35 in the afternoon on a Friday and uh, the ground starts shaking and we're having an earthquake Um, and then asking questions, you know, asking each person, where are you going to be at that time on that day? Um, You know, kids might be at school or on the way home from school, depending on their age. Um, Adults may be at work. Um, If you're working um, a night shift, maybe you're sleeping um, in bed at that time. And then kind of going through the scenario of, okay, this is where you are. This is what's going on. How do you respond? Uh, So those are tabletop scenarios, and they can be super useful. They don't have to be super complicated just talking things through is a fine table block scenario, um, especially if you're taking it seriously. Um, it's sometimes easy to take those things not so seriously and make a joke out of it, um, but more seriously, you can take things uh, when it comes to preparedness, the, the better off you're gonna be. Now, I talk about being simple, you know, when you get into like our emergency management, like FEMA, uh, Department of Defense, you know, emergency managers at the, the state and county level, you know, they'll do like full on drills. Um, they'll have for their tabletop scenarios, they will have uh, maps and little models of things and little miniatures and they'll move stuff around on the table and uh, it's almost like give them a risk or something. We don't need to do that. Um, If you want to, if you've got that ability or that desire, that's totally great. Um, But just talking things through and thinking about it, um, it, it's a really good start. Um, And it's totally, totally adequate Um, for most families and businesses that will be totally um, adequate. Um, Most businesses, that's probably going to meet any minimum requirements you have um, for your emergency preparedness practices, or practices, excuse me. So, you know, when you do a tabletop scenario or you're, you're doing a drill, um, make sure you're varying those as far as what you're responding to, but also what the response scenario is. So maybe one time you're responding to a, a house fire um, that starts in the kitchen. Maybe the next time you do a drill or a tabletop exercise, um, you're practicing responding to um, a tornado. Time after that, you're responding to really nasty winter weather um, and then maybe the next time we're back to to a fire drill um, and a, a house fire scenario um, but instead of the fire being in the kitchen it's in the garage um, and maybe the first time it was in uh, you know while someone's cooking dinner at five o'clock in, in the early evening um, and maybe the one that starts in the garage that you're talking about a couple months later um, started because of the spontaneous combustion of um, some fuel that you have for your lawnmower or something like that. Um, so different scenarios, you know, making changes, um, help you process and think things through and help you to make those uh, opportunities more effective for you and more um, educational, really, um, for your family. You can do those things on your own kind of thing through, okay, how do I respond in this situation? Um, but when you have a family or a business, they're even more important, um, especially if you have um, children or, or younger, newer employees, um, that sort of thing. Scenarios tend to work best when they challenge people's thinking and cause them to kind of stretch and think outside the box. And so, you know, encourage creativity. Um, creativity is an awesome thing for so many things. And then, of course, the, the leader, whether that's the, the business owner or the parent um, needs to be aware of what's going on, kind of see like, okay, these are our strengths. These are our weaknesses. um, These are things that are working well, not working well, um, and and identify ways to improve and things to encourage. So it's a way of looking forward to things and not back. So um, we've got looking back with the historical stuff, like what happened Um, The example I gave with the Fukushima earthquake, um, and you've got tabletop scenarios um, and drills that are forward-looking. And so um, we're really covering in the present, you're covering the future, the past, and you're taking all that together, uh, meshing it, blending it, and finding what's going to work for you and be the most beneficial for you in your situation, um, whether that's for your, um, your small business or your family. Um, or whomever. Again, those principles are learning from experience, paying attention to anomalies, engaging your group, um, and learning from the future. So um, hopefully uh, these will help you in whatever situation and whatever um, environment or setting you're in uh, to be more prepared and to help those around you to be better prepared as well. Um, It can help with supporting your mindset, um, building muscle memory, um, and all kinds of things that will help you be better prepared um, for when the unfortunate things do unfortunately happen. I appreciate you taking the time to be with me today. Um, Again, I appreciate your time. I I know it is valuable. Um, And and so I thank you for taking uh, the opportunity to spend that time with me if you have comments or suggestions for me, um, you can share those in the comments or email me at contact at llphp.org. Also, if you've enjoyed this, if you felt it's of value, please like, share, comment those usual good things um, that people do. Um, I would really appreciate you um, liking and sharing um, to help to help build uh, this this podcast um, so I can Reach more people and support more people um, and empower more people. Um, That's, that's really what this is about. Um, The Life Living of Happiness Project is empowering people, helping people to grow and to learn so you can build your best life and protect it so that you can thrive when those unfortunate things happen um, because they will. Um, That's, that's real, real of it. Bad things happen. It's part of life. Um, Again, thank you. Thank you. I hope you'll join me again next time. I leave you in love and liberty, as always. Have a wonderful day.